You're listening to the Soul Care Podcast. I'm Elaine Hamilton, the founder of the Soul Care House, a group of therapists working in community with a shared perspective about the path towards healing and change. This podcast is about creating a space for real conversations about real life struggles, a place where you can gather insight and support for issues that are relevant to you and the people you love. So sit back, put your feet up, and let's talk. Hi guys, hope you're all staying healthy and getting used to all the social distancing. Leanna Tankersley and I have a conversation today about some tips we've got for making it through quarantine. How are you, my friend? It's so good to see your face. Normally when we do this, we're just listening to each other's voices and it's very tender to see your face. Right, right. I feel bad that I didn't do my hair because your hair looks so great. Thanks. Your hair always looks great. Well, that's very kind. It always does. So what is happening in your life? Are in quarantine. Yep. There's a global pandemic. And that what's funny about that is that that's literal. (laughs) Like how many times have we joked about that? I mean, I think some, right? It's like, oh, well, at least it's not a global pandemic. And it's like, no, what it is. <laughs> right, like even, even maybe two months ago, we would have laughed. At, well, maybe longer than that. But, you know, like last year, this would have been a, a huge joke about like what might happen. But here we are and trying to figure it out. So. We sure are. We sure are. So. We wanted to get on here together um, for moral support (laughs) toward each other, but also to send out some love to the people and um, check in with each other and say how we're each doing and maybe also just say some things that are helping us right now or just to normalize if people are really struggling. I mean, all that, right? Right. Yeah. And you and I are in different situations. You being at home as a single parent with three kids working, trying to homeschool them, all the business, and then all the usual, right? Like the laundry and the cooking and the normal 75 things that parents are having to do. And then feeding feeding. is unreal when you're, you know, just three meals a day, every day. um, Just keeping that going is a lot basically a part-time job right and then i'm over here by myself fortunately my son josh is currently living in my guest house so he's close by and i can see his face sometimes but he's busy working from home and i'm i'm in here doing you know wandering around wandering around because work is um you know well all of all of the therapists at soul care have moved home to do work remotely, you know, people are overwhelmed and either don't have the time to do therapy right now or don't have the finances to do it because um, a lot of folks are losing their jobs or worrying about losing their jobs or all of that. And so that, of course, really affects um, our field. Um, And so there's less to do and uh, there's not really a business to run right now. There's not a lot that I can do. And so, um, yes, so I'm here by myself. Trying to like starting to talk to myself a lot, just like, hey, hey, what's up? What are you doing? 
Gosh, gosh, that's a great idea. Let's do that. So I, you know, I've moved a lot of my furniture around, which is, you know, no surprise to anyone. That's what you do. That's, that's what, what you do. Mm-hmm. And that was really exciting and fun. But now, of course, my back is hurt for two days. So, <laughs> you know, you really need a buddy for these kind of activities. But, I, you know, I don't have a buddy right now. It's yeah. sad and hard. It makes me think of you trying to paint that vaulted ceiling in the living room, getting yourself up on a ladder. And thank goodness I was there to hold your biscuits because otherwise it would have been catastrophic. But I'm not there right now. So, right. Yeah, there's nothing here to tell me what not to do, which <laughs> normally my children and my, um, and my friends are in charge of pulling me back from the edge of whatever ridiculous thing I'm planning to do. So now I am left to my own devices. So I'm not sure what else might happen, but I promise not to paint that living room again. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to have to call the neighbors and have them do neighborhood watch for you. Make sure you're not, you know, doing something unsafe. Even I knew in the middle of that, that that was a bad idea. <laughs> Which is really saying something. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's funny, you know, like talking to friends and stuff, like we get on the phone or on Zoom or whatever, and they were like, so... So what's going on? And then like nothing, right? Like, <laughs> absolutely nothing. <laughs> absolutely nothing. But interestingly enough, I was talking with Debs yesterday and <clears throat> you know, asking what's what's going on. She's like, of course nothing. And I'm like, well, well what did you talk to anyone today? She's like, yeah, I talked to my cousin Linda. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't know you had a cousin Linda. Tell me all about Linda. So we talked about Linda for a while. And then, <laughs> and then she started talking about how all the kids in her neighborhood, she lives in a busier neighborhood than I do. And all the kids are doing these chalk drawings on mm -hmm. the driveways. And she's like, it's really nice when I go out for a walk, there's like all these beautiful things to look at and people are writing beautiful messages to each other about like, keep your spirits up and we can do it. And you know, stuff like that, which is really sweet. And then she says, so I decided maybe I should send my cleaning lady, you know, she can't come and clean. So maybe I should send her her normal check just because, you know, I, I don't, I worry about her financially. I said, well, that's really sweet dubs. We're all being so kind to each other during the time. Like, good for us. <laughs> and then she says, well, I checked with my cousin Gloria. She's got a lot, a lot of cousins. And I, I know Gloria. So I did know who she was talking about that time. She says, Gloria says that Maria actually is doing okay financially because her boyfriend, Julio, has money left over from his time as a bullfighter. <laughs> Gotta be kidding me! Not kidding. I said, "Did you just say bullfighter?" She said, "Yes, Julio used to be a bullfighter." Like, well, these are things we would never get to. We would never find out about one another if we didn't have absolutely nothing to talk about. Oh my gosh, it's so true. Like, you are really getting some extraordinary data. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So it made it made me one made me wonder if an idea is like you know you can Google those things about like getting to know you questions like maybe we start using things like that random questions about random things that maybe we might not know about our closest and dearest friends. I don't know. I don't That's know. True. That's true. Well, I think the point is that uh, we've got a lot of space that we didn't previously have, <laughs> and sure. it's interesting what 
comes into that space. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, what enters in. So I get that totally. So how are you surviving this? Tell, tell the people <clears throat> when you're a mom trapped in a house with children, you have to educate and all the things. Well, it's interesting because it's in some ways it's similar, like there, it's Groundhog's Day, right? Like there's not a lot of new things going on, but different from you, there is a lot of activity and there's a lot of needs and a lot of requests and a lot of um, opportunity too, to like, let's talk through what's going on. And um, so there, there is a lot of business going on over here, um, though it all looks the same most days, you know? So I think I think one of the things that um, is just so evident to me, and you and I were talking about how it's really important, you had mentioned this to me, to go back and think about times where we were going through something really difficult mm -hmm. and how did we get through or kind of what would we go back and tell ourselves when we were in a vulnerable place. And I was thinking about that today and thinking, you know, I've gone through difficult things and I did not prioritize my mental health. Yeah. And... Um, I, I think that when your mental health, when you don't have your mental health, you really don't ha have a lot <laughs> mm -hmm. and, or it just affects everything. It makes everything so much more difficult. I live, I have lived in seasons of my life with runaway anxiety and it just robs you. And, um, so I, I think the way I'm surviving right now is I am very focused on what do I need to keep my mental health as stable as possible, mm -hmm. understanding that. I'm, I'm not sleeping as well as I normally do, or I have a little more anxiety than I normally would, or there are days where I feel depressed and I just feel nailed to the couch. So, but I'm very focused on that and I'm very in touch with it and I'm not overlooking it. And so I'm trying to, like the other day, you know, I bribed myself to work out. There was like this yummy drink in my refrigerator that I wanted. And, um, Leanna, you can have that if you just go downstairs for 20 minutes and move a little bit, you know? And so things like that, when I'm feeling low, I know I need to move and get outside. When I'm feeling anxious, I need to stop and breathe. And so um, that's one of the ways I'm surviving. Yeah, so smart. So smart. Because I, th I think that um, sort of what I've observed over the years in working with people is that it seems like we run either a little anxious or we run a little depressed, right? And mm -hmm. um I think it's important to know that about yourself. Like do, when I'm not doing well, am I more anxious or am I more depressed? And then what do I need to do if that's coming on? Right. Like, and I think for sure experiences like what we're dealing with right now, bring, bring that on in big ways for some people. I mean, some people are dealing with really tragic things like somebody they love sick or those folks who have actually lost people. Right. And and then there's people losing their jobs, worrying about their jobs. There's a yep. lot, there's an awful lot to worry about for some. And um, so that's, that's difficult in a, at a whole different level than those of us who are just stuck in our homes and waiting this out. But regardless, I think it's super important to know what works for me when I'm not doing very well. And I think you're, you're describing that, that you know what you need to do when you're, when you're not doing well. Yeah, I've kind of referred to it as lifelines, you know, like I've sort of learned what my lifelines are and I've learned when I stray from my lifelines, it doesn't go well. It's like, it, and what's hard is to have the motivation to reach out and grab hold of your lifelines, you know, sometimes because of anxiety and panic or because of depression, you just, 
just reaching out and grabbing that lifeline. It's like, you just can't, you can hardly do it. So um, that's what I'm, what I just have to keep reminding myself is those lifelines are there. My medication is there. The opportunity to move is there. My family and friends are here. Um, I have re I have resources. I have the resources I need and we all have the resources we need more or less. We just, we have to find the capacity to reach out for them. Yeah. So I, I think staying focused on that, um, what are your lifelines and, um, you know, maybe life, like, like we were just talking about the fact that you and I both started watching making the cut. Right. Right. It's like the Heidi and Tim spinoff of project runway and it's a lifeline because it's beautiful. Yes. And it's like, you can live vicariously. These people are going to Paris and it's like, it's, it's a lifeline. Right. Yeah. I think especially shows like that or Ted talks or whatever, right. Things that are people living um, into their creativity, into their strengths, like that kind of stuff reminds us that like, Oh, Oh, I'm still a person and I still might do something with my life when this is over. Yes. And it just taps us into the parts of us that are more soulful than, um, than the parts of us that are anxious and stuck and freezy and all of that right yeah. now in the middle of this. So someone shared with me recently that, and I think it was um, from Brene Brown and I think it was something she shared in a podcast, but that our collective um, adrenaline is wearing off. Mm -hmm. And so when this first started and we were adjusting to all of this very dynamic, rapid changing of shelter in place and kids aren't at school anymore and kids aren't going back to, like my kids are not going back to school. Their school year's done. Yeah. And, um, you know, we don't know how long all of this is going to last and all of these things. There's an adrenaline rush because we're having to adjust, adjust, adjust. And, you know, okay, I've got to get groceries and we've got things to do. And then all of a sudden um, our adrenaline is wearing out. And so that's kind of, she was naming that that's where a lot of people are finding themselves right now, this lull mm -hmm. of, um, okay, God, now I've got to like really pace myself somehow to, to get through this whole thing. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think listening to people like that, right? Like listening to Brene Brown and Glenn and Doyle and, you know, just like all those folks who are like, they have strong voices and they have things to teach us and, um, I don't know that that's been super helpful to me to just keep listening to podcasts and reading and I'm reading untamed by Glennon right now. Yes. yes. So good. So good. Yes. Um, I had to pick it up and put it down quite a few times because it was intense and there's parts of it that are intense. And I was, I just had to take a break cause I was feeling intense about a lot of things, you know, but it's, um, but it's, it is, very, very soulful and very poignant in so many places. I, I right now find myself really longing for humor and, um, you know, voices that are funny, books that are funny, shows that are funny, um, people in my life that are funny. Uh, humor is like, it's, it's medical, it's medicine for me right now. And whether it's me being in touch with my own sense of humor or, um, being funny with my kids, we, we have been laughing and I, I just, it's medicinal. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, laughing brings your nervous system down, right? Like if you were to track what happens in your body, you're feeling intense about something and then something makes us laugh. It's like everything in your body calms down a little bit and it opens up your thinking a little bit better. Right. So mm -hmm. I think that's so important. Just using humor to stabilize yourself to it's, it's a way to self-regulate. Right. And so it's so helpful to have access to things and people 
that crack us up. Totally. I, I am feeling that so much. I love that. And it's a good reminder that something physiological is happening. It's not just, oh man, that, that meme was hilarious. It's like, it's actually physiologically helpful. So that's, that's yeah. so good. Yeah. You know, another thing the other day I was two days ago, I was having a really, um, I was feeling very anxious and I, and I said, okay, what, what's making me anxious? And what was making me anxious in that moment is that my kids, it felt to me like my kids were on screens too much. Mm-hmm. Watching extraneous stuff that didn't matter and it was making me anxious. And, and I thought to myself, well, what's making me anxious about that? Well, I think ultimately I, I, I'm feeling a sense of shame on myself as a parent that I can't come up with better strategies and more creative activities to pull them off these screens um, and engage them in meaningful, you know, something meaningful. We have a schedule I'm not letting them be on devices all day long, but in that moment, it was, I was feeling a measure of anxiety. And I realized I was, internally, I, I was not going to come up with a way to get them off screens and to reschedule them by bullying myself, right? right. That what I needed to do was somehow reset that, so that I could come up with some creative solutions to our schedule and to how we were doing things. And so what that required of me, I'm just sharing this as like an anecdote. Hopefully this will be helpful to someone. I think I I would imagine almost everyone is dealing with that. So I went down to the basement and I found a yoga video online and I just did, it was very um, gentle, you know, wasn't anything crazy, 20 minutes and mostly just getting more connected to my own breath, slowing down my breathing, dropping my shoulders. And by the time I walked back up the stairs, it was like, I just had some creative ideas. Um, it was like my thinking came back online. Yeah. And I realized in that time that um, I have to have realistic expectations of myself and of my kids. And if there's something I need to change, then let's talk about it and let's change it. But not to, um, not to, not to put myself in this place of shame and bullying. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I just think, you know, as someone who's not having to parent right now, I, I would be afraid of what that would look like for me. I just think, I think I would do very badly at, you know, having all of that going on at the same time. And so I really feel for parents that like, there's just no way to do this like a professional. This is your first time having to do all of these things at the same time, unless you're a homeschooler and this is your jam. But like for most folks, the immensity of what they're doing, like, parents who are working from home, we were talking about this in staff meeting the other day about like the pressures that people are feeling not only to educate their kids, but to actually work harder at their jobs um, because they know layoffs are coming <clears throat> and they know that um, the best performers are, are going to be the ones that their company is going to hold on to because they're trying, the company's trying to survive. Right. And so we had a long talk about like, we can't try to talk people down off the ledge about like, you know, let yourself relax and don't worry about trying to, you know, it's like, that's not something we can encourage people to do right now because this is a real thing. So it's just an awful lot to hold at the same time and <clears throat> to allow yourself to not be doing great at it all the time, but then finding when you can, like, what can I do to calm myself down? And like you're saying, moving your body is so genius at doing that. And it's something that we all can do to some degree, right? Like just there's tons of stuff available online that's free and short. And in a few minutes, you can create a little bit of regulation in your body. 
Absolutely. And another way we're doing that is I just tell my kids, okay, in 15 minutes, we're going to take a family walk and um, get your shoes on, get a sweatshirt if you need one, but we're taking a family walk, you know, because it resets that they need it too, right? Yeah. Not just the adults in the scenario, the kids need it too. And we've had some good conversations when we're out walking. And um, I shared this the other day on social media, but I just said to the kids, you know, what's one, what's one thing you guys are enjoying? What's a positive about quarantine? Mm -hmm. And then what's a negative? And then we just, it, it was brief. It wasn't like, you know, a come to Jesus and everybody's sobbing, but it was connecting and it was a chance for everyone to kind of share and, uh, you know, kind of a check-in. And, um, I think that happened and it was successful because we were out walking, not because I sat them down around a table and said, everybody share. Yeah. Well, your, your brain just seems to work better when you're moving, right? Like there's so much research about that, that the brain just works better when your body is moving. You talk about that a lot about like, just get your hands moving, start chopping things or whatever. And that's going to help. Yeah. I, I, I always say, if you don't know what else to do, make soup, you know, because it requires you to chop things and, um, and get your hands going. And you see people now they're planting gardens they're, um, you know, painting their houses, their rooms, their, you know, all these things that we're doing that, and you're moving furniture because mm -hmm. we need an outlet. And um, I think also when you can do something productive with your hands, there's a, there's a, um, there's a change you can visually see and it, and it gives you a sense of productivity. And I think that's another thing that um, I've had to ask some friends who are trying to work from home and, and parent their kids through this, what does productivity look like right now? Because it takes you four times as long to do the same things. And um, so we all need a sense of productivity. That's important. But you know, what does that look like right now? So I like to, I like to do things with my hands because it, it's a, it's an easy, um, oh, there I am. Yeah. Well, and I, I think what you said earlier is so important. Like you can't shame yourself into better behavior, better choices, better whatever, right? Like it just has never worked. And we, we try that all the time, but it doesn't help us. It never helps us. No. And it's like, it's not a creative brain space. That's, that's the thing I'm, I'm like, if I need to come up with good ideas and solutions, that's not going to be the brain space that I'm going to be able to do it from. So it's almost, I'm trying to get more like, okay, this is, you got to be practical about this, Leanna. I know you want to shame yourself and right. all the goods, look at all the ways these other mothers are doing it, but that's not practical because your brain can't work when you're, when you're thinking like that. So we got to get out of that space. How are we going to get out of that space? Usually I have to shift and move my body. Oh, okay. You know, or a breath prayer, something kind of physical that, that brings me back to like, oh, okay, here I am in my own skin. There's another thing that I wanted to talk about, um, and it may be too early to talk about this, but um, I remember both times. So um, I've lived in the Middle East, as you know, two different times in my life. And both times when we came back from the Middle East, there's a phase that they refer to as reentry. And people go through this on a variety of different levels. And we are all collectively at some point going to go through reentry, and it's going to be hard too, hmm. because we're going to miss our limits and our cocoon because there are gifts in this cocoon. Um, we don't have every choice in the world. We can't pack our schedules. We have a big out right now, which is to just stay home and be together with our, with our people. And um, there, there aren't a thousand options right now. 
well, the world's going to open back up to us at some point, and there are going to be a thousand options again, and it's going to be overwhelming. It's like that scene in, I think the movie's called Hurt Locker, where the guy comes back from deployment, and he's standing in the cereal aisle at the grocery store, and there's like hmm. 400 options of cereal, and he just walks out. It's too overwhelming. We're going to all go through that in our own way. And so what I'm saying is we don't know how long this portion of things is going to last. And then, so we have to kind of go through this. And then we're going to go through re-entry back into kind of whatever the new normal is after that. And so this is, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And so I guess I want to reiterate how important it is to find your lifelines and to settle into what you need, because this is not going to be done in two weeks. Right, right. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, because I'm hearing parents say that, that like, you know, it's actually really nice not to have all these sports to run off to and like to be able to sit around the table and share a meal and just a lot more space for everything. So I think that's, that's an important piece is like, can I, can I take a moment when I'm feeling overwhelmed? Can I look at what are the gifts? Yes. Time, what is working? It's a giant relief on the, the, especially the beginning of this was a giant relief when I, I normally, because my kids are at two separate schools, um, I would spend upwards of three hours a day and the schools are across town from each other. I would spend upwards of three hours a day in the car and that's not including activities. That's just including to and from school, to and from school, to and from school. And um, to not have to do that and to just be together in the house and not have to kind of whip everybody up, out, whip, whip it up out of the door and get, you know, this huge conundrum, every, not conundrum, but where's your shoes and do you have your backpack and all that business all the chaos is you know there's different chaos but it's not trying to prod everyone out the door and um, spend all this time driving 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 which that has its gifts too but um there are parts of it i agree that are just like here we are yeah here we are what are you noticing with your kids like what are what are they saying are the gifts in this for them um I think they're really appreciating a flexible schedule. You know, they enjoy it. I think they like that they're um, they're the same thing, not having to get up and get out the door. And there's a there's a, a little bit of less stress. And I, I'm probably in some ways a little bit less stressed because, but I think that's everyone's personality. You know, I I can do okay with a little bit less structure. Maybe I can tolerate that. Um, they're enjoying like. The other day, Elle said to her class, she was on Zoom with her class, and she said, you know what I love? I just love being with my siblings and my dog all day. Oh you know, and she's just yeah. holding her dog in her lap and talking to her class, and it's just dear, you know? Awesome. So I, I think, yeah, they just be, they get to be in their pajamas all day, and, you know, and our life is more integrated. They help me cook. Um, we read together some. You know, it's not Little House on the Prairie over here. Let me just be real clear. But um, it's neat. It's neat to be integrated, too. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm finding that because I run, like, a little more depressed than anxious that, like, I can get stuck pretty easily. And so I'm needing to make sure that I'm connecting with people, right? Like, because I can get sort of frozen. I'm like, I'm just going to wait for this to be over or whatever. And I can be like my own worst enemy with like not taking care of myself. And so um, I'm just trying to lean on others um, to like show me the way a little bit, right? Like um, I think Instagram has been like super helpful in that way of like, <clears throat> like Jennifer Garner or like, uh, there's like a million people who are doing really interesting, funny things. It's like 
they're shining during this period and they're like showing us like you can do all kinds of fun things and you can be silly and you can motivate people and you can cheer people on and you can cheer people up and um, that has been super helpful to me to just like, who are the people who are doing this well? Because they, there are people who are doing this well. And I, obviously we're not seeing all their moments. Um, and of course it's difficult for everyone too, but there are some who like, they, they know how to press into a difficult time and to still find joy. And for someone like me, it's like, I, I need to be impacted or touched by people who know how to generate joy. And that's sort of their, that's sort of their way of functioning and like just checking in with them or following them on Instagram or whatever. It's been super helpful. It's just like, I love that. Oh, you're finding, you're finding things to do in your day that are interesting. And so like, I'm trying to like turn on dance music in the morning and just like, try to make myself move a little bit, right? To just like, okay, if there's dance music on, you're probably just going to feel a little better and you're probably going to start dancing and that, that will really cheer you up. And that might stimulate, oh, maybe I can work on that idea I was thinking about. Maybe I can create some material, some content for some courses that I'm thinking about doing, like stuff like that. Um, but I do, I do need to rely on somebody else to create a little stimulation for me because on my own, it's like, it's dead quiet in here, right? It's so quiet. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Sad. Mm -hmm. It makes so much sense. I think, I think too, what, what that shows us is that for most of us, if we can not only receive help and encouragement, but we can find someone to help and encourage in times like this, it also helps us. So like these people that you're following, a lot of them are rising up because one of their coping mechanisms is to help others. You know, one of the ways that they're going to be able to make it through this is by saying, I want to like, I want to raise someone's spirit today, yeah. you know? And so I think, and I'm sure that you are reaching out to your kids, reaching out to your staff and you have touch points of, of, of places where you're supporting people. Right. And, um, you know, like every once in a while, I need to take stuff over to my mom who's basically shut in right now. And mm -hmm. I just noticed that it, it's no, it's, it's a, it's a gift to do it, but to just have that distraction away from myself and to have someone to kind of think about and, okay, what does this person need or how can I help? And that, that's, yeah. that's a way that we get through this too. Right. Right. Yeah. It's so good. So when you're working with clients who are dealing with um, depression or anxiety, what are some just real baseline things that um, people may or may not know about navigating mental health? If, if Maybe we've already talked about it, but are there any additional things? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think how you feed your body can make a big difference, right? Like um, I heard somebody joking about the COVID-19, like the freshman 15, they were talking about the COVID-19. Yes. Like, yes. oh yeah. Yeah. Like it's very tempting to just like eat your way through this experience because you're bored or you're frustrated or whatever. And so, um, you know, well, like let me just say this too about food. Mm -hmm. I was noticing the other day that it's, it's one of the pleasures that hasn't been taken away from us. Yeah. And so I think that's the other thing. It's like, oh, I can, I can eat this delicious thing or make this really, this 
and keep eating, right? Because it's this, but for some of us, it's a pleasure that we can still engage in. Yes. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So it's, it's tempting to really use that. And the trouble is that it, it doesn't give back, right? Like there's, there's a moment of like, oh, that made me feel better. But then what comes after that is always like, like my body doesn't feel good. Now I have less energy than I had before now. And then, and then some of us are going to shame ourselves for what we've just done to our body. Right. So it's like, it's, it's not helpful in any way. And so if you can be thinking about like, how can I feed my body what it needs right now? And so like, I've been just trying to eat like lots of vegetables, just like have lots of vegetables around the house and keep cooking them up and keep cooking them up and um, trying to reach for those things. Um, drinking tea and sparkly water instead of wine, which is like what I'd love to do. Right. But that, that will not give anything back to me. And so um, the more things I do that feel good in my body, those things also feel good in my soul and mm. they keep, they sort of keep me running um, at a higher level rather than like sinking, right? The more things I do that are not good for me, the more I'm going to sink. So that's the, that's the struggle when you're someone who struggles with either anxiety or, or depression is to let it be the boss of you, let it take you away. And it always takes you to a place of creating more of it. So mm-hmm. very selfish. It wants to expand and become big and take over your whole life. And so it's really important to say to your anxiety or your depression, you're actually not in charge. Like you're not very good at decision-making. And so I'm going to need to manage you. And these are the ways that I manage you by like getting outside and feeding myself and moving my body and planting or whatever, right? Like what's my arsenal of things that I do so that depression isn't the boss of this period of my life because it easily could be. That is so good. And I think I heard this recently about um, talking to your anxiety and your depression so that you externalize it a little bit. Yeah. You, it's not you. It's not you are not that thing. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's very helpful because some of us are genetically wired this way. Like, you know, maybe we can see it in our family of origins. Like, gosh, everybody in my family is anxious or everybody's kind of depressed. And like, that's in your DNA, right? So for some of us, we, are, we were carrying that with us from the get-go. Um, and then, of course, a lot of us experience traumas, big traumas, little traumas. And all of those things have ramped that up some more, right? So like we have good reasons why we're struggling with these things. It's just that we can't let them be in charge of making decisions because they suck at that. They just yeah. suck at that. So we talk to them and we say, I understand why you're here. I get it. I get it. Of course, this is a terrible time and, and, it's, and it's creating a lot of confusion. And of course, you'd be feeling a little out of sorts right now, but like, I, I know what to do. The grown-up thinking part of me knows what to do. And and it's not a pound of chocolate. It's not, you know, it's not a chocolate cake. It's not 75 bottles of wine. It's just not that. It's not yeah. that. That is not going to serve me. So good. And I love what you said because I experienced this. This is very helpful about um, it just takes you into more of itself. If yeah. you feed it, it just compounds. Like what a, I had, I don't know that I've heard that before like that, Elaine, like it just, it's so true. Yeah. You try to edge off the anxiety by having a couple glasses of wine, but sometimes in the end, all you end up feeling is more because you're up at 2am feeling, feeling anxious because you have those two glasses, right? 
it's yeah. it's an interesting it has a big appetite it has a big appetite that's good yeah, yeah. sure does it's insatiable and so um the the upside is that the more you um address it in a healthy way the smaller it gets so that's the upside right it can get really big or it can get smaller and that is up to me i can make choices that make it bigger or smaller and that's very relieving to know that i have some control over how sad or how lost or how stuck i'm going to be during this period of time so i'm going to i'm going to try to take good care of myself it's taking the power back too, because sometimes we feel very powerless when we're in some of these places. And what you're talking about is actually practicing our own agency and our own power in our lives. And that is, I think that is really huge, especially at a time like this, where we feel like we don't have any power. Right, right. So would you say the same thing about your nerve, like a person's nervous system? Because I know for some of us, like we're more, maybe we're feeling panicked. Maybe we're feeling like constant fight or flight or freeze. And so our nervous system is all over the place. And so how do we take care of our nervous system right now? Is it the same or different? Yeah, I think it's, it's all those things, but also um, I think it's important to evaluate like what, what's the impact of getting more information about this? Like, does it, if I'm, if I'm listening to the news, if I'm following people on social media who are like really, um, focusing on the crisis part of this um am i am i getting more anxious or am i getting less anxious right like does it does it help me or does it feed the things right so i want to i want to make sure that i do want to be informed but i don't want to be informed at the cost of my mental health right so i want to make sure that um the way that i'm getting that information the place that i'm getting it from like pick pick some sources that feel reputable to you and then let the rest go, right? Like in general, I don't know if this is fair to say, but um, sometimes listening to politicians make decisions about this is unhelpful. Um, sometimes, you know, some of them are doing an awesome job right now. There, some are really shining, it seems like, but others are, are not very helpful. Um, but, so go to the sources of like the scientists and the doctors, like who are the ones who do this every day who understand the best about what might happen and what we need to do. Can we go to those folks for sources and um, listen to them? And then, and then just check yourself, like how, how much of this is helpful to me? And then when do I need to like, I got to turn it off. I don't want my kids to keep hearing this or, you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Doing an, an amount of that, that's actually working for you, not against you. That's great. That's great. And there, it's endless. Yeah. It's absolutely endless. The amount of information you can take in and so much of it, I, I think you're right, is sensationalized and biased. And so um, it find that's wise. Find the sources that, a couple sources that are trustworthy and then move on. Because also what I realize is in the end, it's important to be informed to some point, but there's, it's also like, we know what we need to be doing at this point. Yeah. And beyond that, there's, there's not a lot you can, there's not a lot that information's going to give you, exactly. you know? Exactly. Yeah. So is there any point in listening since this is going to at least last this month and probably longer than that from what we keep hearing? Um, do we need to hear about it every day or do we need to go about creating new normals for ourselves for this period of time, figuring out how to take care of ourselves and our kids and, um, make sure that we're not coming out of this 
um, with a big hangover, uh, you know, after what all the all the decisions we made to just cope with this, right? Like, want to make sure that we're not damaging our ability to move forward mm. when this is over. We want to be we want to be ready to throw parties and to get back to work and you know, like we want to be ready to get back out and enjoy our life and, and what we have the availability to do. And we don't want to be like, oh crap, I just like, I, I have so much shame because of decisions I made or the way I treated myself or our family's falling apart because we were all so irritable and we couldn't figure out how to manage that. <laughs> like yeah, all that yeah. stuff is like, it's an important time to protect your mental health and your family's health. Um, because it is stressful. It's very stressful. Yeah. I keep thinking about the book that, um, oh, I'm not gonna remember her name right now. That's terrible. But plan B, option B, option B. Yes. And she loses her husband tragically and without warning. And she has two small children. And, and, you know, we don't, the whole premise of the book is we don't have option A anymore. We're working option B and we're doing it the best we can, you know? And I keep thinking about that a lot. Like, well, yeah, option A, B and C for a lot of us are gone right now. So how can we like kick the crap out of option D? <laughs> you know? um, and it, that helps me, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's good. That's good. And that we just keep figuring out how to do that, right? Like, you know, what you said earlier is like reminding ourselves about our resilience and reminding ourselves about the muscle we already have for difficult things. And that for a lot of us, the difficulty is that we're waiting for this to be over. Um, you know, for those who are, are losing jobs and have people who are sick, that that's again, a much more complex experience, but absolutely so many of us really all we're doing is being stuck at home. Right. And, and to remind yourself, this is actually not the end of the world. This is actually just annoying and frustrating and exhausting, but that's all it is. That's all yeah. it is. And so can we figure out how to do this well? Um, you don't have to shine right now, but like if you, yeah. if you like try to do, make some good decisions during your day that help you and help your family. Yeah, I love that. What are some good decisions I can make today? I mean, that's a great focus. I keep telling myself, Leanna, remember what you already know. There's so many things that you know that have helped you through difficult times. What are those things? Remember what you already know. And half the time, you already know. You just need to practice it. You need to, you need to take a deep breath or get 15 minutes to yourself so that you have the capacity to make a good decision. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. Yeah. So I, yeah. Remember what you already know and in that and practice it, mm -hmm. practice what you already know, how to take care of yourself, how to make good decisions for your family what your kids need. I mean, I think these are things that we know. It's just when pressed, sometimes we, I don't have the capacity to do this. It's like, we do. We do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. I love that. Well, you're doing it, my sister. You too. You too. And your hair is awesome. Thank you. You know, I, I think it's very subversive 
to actually take care of ourselves a tiny bit in the midst of this. And I, there's days where I'm just, I look like a barnacle and it's fine. But every once in a while, I'm just like, I am going to completely fix my hair. I'm going to do my full makeup and I'm going to put on an outfit that I feel really cute in. Nice. And I might even put on like giant earrings. I don't know. I, I, I mean, who knows what could possibly happen right now? It's crazy time. Yeah. But I think it's subversive to do that, you know, right. like here I am. I do the same. I get dressed. I put some makeup on it. You know, I'm going to go for a car ride and I'm just going to drive around for a while. And that I'm still living the right, my regular life. Yes. Yes. Whatever helps you get through the day and reminds you of who you are and you know, all of that. that. Let's try to do that. One thing I want to, maybe we can do this as a, as the wrap up, but one thing talking about subversive being subversive is, um, because I live in Virginia now, there are very, there are four very distinct seasons in Virginia and we're, we're coming right into spring. And so like today it's about 65 blue sky and, um, the trees are all starting to bud mm-hmm. and it's just, I think it's subversive, rebellious to, in the midst of this time where, um, things are becoming smaller in many ways and there's a lot of fear and it's a crisis that all of this life is happening outside. My, I mean, right outside my windows, you can just see it. And every morning you wake up and it all looks a little bit different. There's more green, there's more flowers, there's more beauty. And it's like the earth is coming alive. And I guess what it just reminds me of is like, if this is a season and look outside and find a gorgeous tree that's blossoming and remind yourself that, um, yeah, there's, there's months where the tree is barren and, um, but it comes back to life, like it flowers again. And I just think that like nature's trying to remind us of that right now. And I love it. I love it. Like we're not in, we're not in winter going through this. We're in spring for crying out loud. It's okay. Yeah. Just the beauty in the midst of um, a really hard thing is that it's a certain grace to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So nice to see your face. So nice to see your face. I love you so much. I love you too. Until next time. Okay. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Soul Care House podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Any questions or comments you have, if there are topics you'd like us to address, let us know. Feel free to contact me at elaine at soulcarehouse.com. If you're interested in knowing more about what we do here at Soul Care, our website is soulcarehouse.com also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle there is Soul Care House and Barn. Talk to you soon.